and welcome back to another episode of Podula Modcast. My name's Tim Held. I'm really excited to bring you this episode with Tom and Cindy, the founders of Patchworks. Uh, as you've probably seen online, Patchworks is having a rough go at it right now, and they need our help. And we're going to talk all about that in this episode. Uh, so please stick around for that. But before we get into this episode, let's talk about modules. So you know I got the ES9 from Expert Sleepers a while ago. I'm so excited that they are now a sponsor. The ES9 has completely changed the way that I approach um, my tracking of modular stuff and we're gonna go over um, that in more detail here in a moment. You know, it's an audio interface. You can send and receive audio and CV signals between your DAW and your modular system. So that's been really, really helpful to just get everything nice and in time. If I'm playing like a guitar song along to a click track in my DAW, and then I wanna have some like weird side chainy pulsy stuff going on here, um, I can just send the clock right out of Bitwig into the ES9 and then into anything else that I want. It's an extraordinarily robust uh, module and you can configure it yourself, but I think right out of the box, it works exactly how I want it to. You know, just inputs, outputs, you just set up your DAW to communicate with it in the way that you like and you're off to the races. And then next up, I got the Chord Pilot and Poly Cinematic from Nobula. So if you've been in a modular long enough, you know that there are a lot of uh, chord modules out there and they all have their own unique functionality and quirks. But I have to say, like if you want to just take a MIDI controller and plug it directly into a module and play chords and arpeggios, uh, then the Poly Cinematic and Chord Pilot like together are absolutely wonderful. So I haven't cracked the manuals open yet, but you know how I like to do. I like to see how far I can get with a module before I need the manual. And so far it's really intuitive. Um, it's super, super fun, great uh, tones and textures. The Poly Cinematic has a built-in filter and envelope, um, a bunch of different modes for your waveforms and everything. So it's super, super fun. And uh, I think next week I'm gonna show you how I use the Ghost Rider um, from Recovery Effects. It's a guitar pedal that turns your guitar signal into MIDI signals. I'm gonna use that to play the uh, Chord Pilot and Poly Cinematic, so stay tuned for that. I'm also using the 4MS Shaped Dual Envelope and VCA, as well as the Percussion Interface and Expander so I can get my guitar into the uh, modular system. And I'm splitting the guitar signal, so I'm running uh, one of those connections into the OTA uh, filter from AI Synthesis and then the others are going into the basil from Bastel. And rather than use basil, you know, like a traditional delay, which it can do very well, it also can just be a really, really fun effects processor. So I did kind of this bit crushy thing, but we'll get into that. Then I used the Aikido from Bastel, which is a like a VCA mixer with some side chaining capabilities, which is pretty much in every single patch I use since I got it. And I've had it for about six months or more. And you'll see why I like it so much when we get into this example. And then finally, Earthquaker sent me the Wave Transformer, which is their new oscillator. And I really haven't scratched the surface with this yet. Mostly just plugged it in for, uh, you know, the piece that I put onto this track we're about to look at. But just messing with it, you know, in that short amount of time, I can already tell that you can get some really, really cool, rich textures, lots of really cool modulation options. So yeah, why don't we just uh, hop in to a little bit of a a walkthrough of this track and hear some of the sounds and then we'll get into our episode. 
So I thought the best way to talk about these new modules from the new sponsors was to just show you how I've been using them. And I think going forward, this may be how I do this because as you know, I have uh, struggled with where my place is in the, uh, the demo making arena and it's just, it's just really not my thing. Um, so I thought I'd kill two stones with one bird and, um, you know, start demoing some of these tracks that I'm writing and uh, use the new stuff on them. So um, what I'm going to do is kind of just walk you through some of this stuff. Look at how much stuff is here. This is very strange. I don't know that I've ever really like shared one of my like sessions like this publicly and I feel a little like ooh, I feel like I'm going to be judged so this is a track I've been working on last uh, couple days and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you the parts um, not all of it don't worry I know that's a lot of stuff there we're not gonna go through all of it but I just want to show you the uh, the choice nugs if you will and uh, at the end of the episode I will play the entire track it's nowhere near done I'm going to actually rearrange like its whole structure and everything but this is how I write I tend to just kind of lay down for instance I'll find like just a a drum a drum loop in my bin so thought that one would be fun to write to and then I added my own drums to it so together sounds like this so my approach to guitar and modular um, has been you know using the 4ms uh, percussion interface and expander because as a quarter inch in and I can uh, you know generate gates and envelopes off of my guitar signal and also the board brain injector same type of thing but this one actually has like uh, an amp simulator on it so that's really good for some really crunchy stuff so seven eight nine track seven eight nine these are all one take but i have the um the signal just split in different ways so the first guitar sounds like this i should probably put on my headphones so i can talk about this <laughs> So that kind of wah-wah pedal sound is coming from the envelopes generated by the percussion interface, um, and then also triggering the uh, shaped dual envelope and VCA all from 4MS to control the, uh, the LPG from AI synthesis. I really wanted to use the Bastel uh, basal delay in a way that wasn't delay because this thing is, is so cool and expansive. So I actually got this really cool like bit crushy kind of thing. I'll show you in a second. But the the kind of at the heart of this whole um, guitar going through modular for this particular piece is the uh, Aikido from Basel, which is a VCA slash mixer um, that has a bunch of really cool side chaining options. Um, and so I like to get really, you know, have one come up as the other's go down and have some really cool stereo stuff going. Um, but before I get into any of that, here is the uh, the acoustic guitar track. So this has the Bastel basal. You can hear that like um, that cool like I'm just sending an envelope generated from my guitar into the actual delay time uh, slash volt per octave. So it's giving this really cool jerky sound. Um, but let's go check out this section here uh, with the electric guitar going through the Aikido and 
the uh, the the basil. So really bit crushy, so I'll just solo those real quick. So you hear that? It's almost like it's breathing. What the Aikido is doing, bringing this, the left and right guitars kind of in and out in that breathing way. While I think that is very cool, it, it doesn't sound quite right without, you know, a little thickening up with just some standard guitar. So here I'm using um, my new, one of my new guitars on it. But yeah, I'm just, I really like the sound uh, that I got out of the basil. Um, for these guitars right here. Let's check out another part. Thanks for welcoming, welcoming me into this beautiful shop that I have spent too much, well, not too much time in, but a lot of time in. It's one of my favorite places. Um, Thanks, Tim. Yeah, glad to have you here. Yeah, it's nice to be back. It's always, I mean, it It's. It sucks that it takes something like this for us three to be able to sit down and hang out for an hour and not just like in passing or something or like at an event. Um, but I'm glad that we're, I'm getting to hang with you guys because it's been a while. Yeah, it has. Long. It has. Yeah. I know we're all busy with all kinds of different stuff now. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, we're making it happen right now. Yeah, right now. Um, so I, and I can edit anything out. So don't worry about that. Um, I don't really know how to start this one. It's kind of a. It's kind of a t like a sens sensitive and not so good reason that we are kind of gathering here right now. Um. Well, I think it's a great reason. I think it's a great reason to pull us together. And I think what you're referring to is our GoFundMe campaign. Uh -huh. um, just so every, everyone knows, the listeners know, um, you know, Patchworks has had a rough 18 months, we'd say. Yeah. And um, we wound up talking over and over and over about what we can do to get Patchworks into a good place. And between Cindy, Nick, our manager and and uh, and us, we think we have that plan, um, but we can't do it alone. Yeah. So that's why we're asking the community for help, and that was an agonizing decision. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I'm we sure. can go into that if you want, but it it wasn't taken lightly. Yeah. At all. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, um, so many people have told us. Uh, how much they love Patchworks, and we love Patchworks, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, we wanted to give the community a chance to help us survive. Prove it. Yeah. You know, give them the <laughs> um, because the alternative would have been maybe just to shut the doors. Right. And that's really where the decision came down to, you know, do we want to try something out of the ordinary? Mm -hmm. or not and we decided to try it i'm i'm personally very happy that you did you know just before like leading into this and and then you know the, I, I mentioned it on last week's episode and like that episode 
was put out late because I kept like wanting to make sure that I was doing right by you guys and like putting in like the work that like I wanted to cut together like a, like almost like this little mini doc but then I just every time I started talking about it I can't speak about stuff like this without it sounding like come on dude you're so it's, this is like hallmark shit like it's so oozy but like so many things have you know contributed to me being able to do this show and get the people that I've you know had on as guests and the confidence to start it and patchworks and you guys in particular like you too uh it can't be it can't be understated overstated it can't be overstated how i don't know if like obviously i wouldn't be right here in this room without you guys but i don't know if i would have had i mean cindy was the first guest mm. yes, ever that's right <laughs> yeah um and and I, and I think like one of the reasons for that is just how much of a hub you became the star that our community has like, you know, when I was, you know, I, I had known you guys because I happened to like bug Andy enough to convince him to let me do a monster planet. And so like I knew people here and there in the Seattle scene, but once you guys got going with all the events and you know, like even before you had a space doing the, you right. know, the pop-ups and stuff, the meetups. Yeah. yeah. It just like, and for me, I mean, of course, it was new. Sorry, I'm talking so much right now, but. That's okay. Um, no, I'd love to hear your perspective on on it all. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying. I I was thinking about it all on the drive up here, and I didn't really come to any like good conclusions that I felt like were uh, you know monumental. But I actually think I'm I'm kind of on a roll here, so. No, I think like, <laughs> let's keep it going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think um Oh, did I just lose it? Um Well, okay, so yeah, when I first started getting into modular, it was obviously very exciting for me. So that has an influence on what on my perspective of everything. But like I don't think it was just my personal excitement. Like it was there we came we it we you guys like we all kind of like congealed into this thing and I've got such good friends out of it like lifelong friends that I wouldn't have met without you guys you know um, so it's just I guess this is all me trying to say it's it's so much more than a retail space and that's why I'm so happy that you guys decided to you know do the the campaign make it public like hey we need your help um, right because It'd be one thing if you guys were just, you know, it was just a shop, or, but it's, it's like I said, like, when I think of Patchworks, like, the shop is just a part of it, you know, so. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was by design. Mm -hmm. You know, we started, for, for you know, those of, uh, the, those of your listeners who don't know our story, um, we started by wanting to create a place for musicians, tinkerers, uh, synthesizer designers, and you know, just people in this world to come together, mm -hmm. to exchange ideas, to meet each other. Um, and yeah, you know, we, we were excited about the new renaissance and instruments as well, but mm -hmm. you know, there's no place to, to get them in mm -hmm. Washington and in the Seattle area. I mean, control voltage down in Portland is great. And we yeah. love that store, you know, I love Jason and, and, um, you know, we, we were going there, but we thought, Hey, Seattle needs something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and I agree. Like I've, I know Cindy and I both have met all kinds of amazing people, you know, through the works that everyone's done. I mean, um, you know, here in the showroom we have people come and perform every uh, mm-hmm. every month, which yeah. is great. Um, so many artists have come through, and and for some of them we've seen um, and helped with their journey, right mm-hmm. from from zero to performing on a stage. And that gives us so much gratitude. I hadn't even know? thought of that. Yeah, but like, yeah. I imagine that because, ha- you know, how long has Patchworks been a thing? Like, seven years? It's been seven, uh, seven years since we opened, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, if somebody was coming into the first shop then and they stuck with it, like, they might be kind of a monster now, you know, like <laughs> a badass. Uh, that's, that's really cool. I hadn't even thought of that perspective. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's un, it's it's a little out of the ordinary for a for-profit business to go do a GoFundMe campaign, and we recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of what you just said about what Patchworks is, it's a place for education, it's a place for community, and it's a retail store. Um, that reason is one of them that pushed us to reconsider uh-huh. like what it might mean to ask for help um, you know we know there are people out there who see it as weird and and that's fine you know yeah, they don't have to they don't have to be they don't have yeah. to donate and it's fine yeah no and yeah I mean there's so many opinions out there I mean, Patchworks has always been a place where everyone is welcome we say that a lot and you know we we stick by that um, you know sometimes that means including in the umbrella like people we don't personally agree with you know anyway it's fine yeah yeah but yeah coming back to the the reason behind the campaign um if it weren't for the community part we probably would not have done it right yeah Yeah. yes i agree with that completely and i think if people see us only as a retail store then i can understand the idea of a gofundme might Uh strike people as a little bit unusual or why why are they doing this uh-huh. you know what it's an odd thing to do but the retail aspect of patchworks is really just one piece of you know a Absolutely. much larger whole yeah and those other pieces are really we don't we don't want to lose that nobody wants to lose that in this community no so if this can help us maintain this physical space as a meeting place as an event space uh, if it allows us to continue to do events like Velocity, if you know, if it allows us to keep the retail side running so that the other pieces can be supported and uh-huh. can continue, that's really, I think, where the motivation yeah. came for the idea. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely I can understand people seeing that and not knowing much about our our business model or our past right. or what role we play in the community here in Seattle so yeah it's 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 definitely um, just one piece of a a much bigger picture yeah you know and I mean I don't want to totally just like discount the you know I I, obviously we we really somebody trying to get in the front door it's just locked it they probably think that it were open oh um are they out there? What? What the hell? Um, I don't want to totally like, um, you know, not not say that there there's like, you know, a good reason to want to save, you know, the retail side of things too, because 
you know, not just for, you know, synth instruments or just instruments, but like mom pop shops are disappearing. Like, and you know, I've, I've been into like Best Buy and Guitar Center recently when it's like, I need something today for this project, you know? Um, and I don't know if you've been into those kind of stores lately, but they're in shambles. There's like emptiness and there's boxes on the ground. It looks yeah. fucking crazy because everything's just going online, which sure it's convenient. But when we're talking about stuff like this that is, you know, expensive, it's an expensive hobby. Um, it's good to maybe try to get some hands-on experience with stuff too, especially like if you're taking a class here, well, when you walk into that classroom, this looks like a, like a mysterious, you know, like alien world. But hopefully when you come out, you have, you can actually get some hands-on with just having like that is that lessons fresh in your head, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah. so I think, you know, there's, there's definitely like, we want to save that aspect of it too, because uh, I like just driving up to a part of town and walking around and seeing what kind of cool shops are around. And I don't know, you know, and it takes people like you with this kind of drive and, and you know, love for a community to, to keep something like this going because it's obviously not set for debt, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I personally love to be able to come and um, just try out the new modules, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or yeah. feel, like feel the action of the new Yamaha montage or whatever it is, um, or to hear the big, rich oscillators of the sequential trigon. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, there's nothing better than that. Um, and that just captures our joy for the instruments, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we're really aiming to retain that part of it, to mm -hmm. have a showroom. People can come, you know, locally visit, but also we, we do get a lot of people from out of town when they're in Seattle, they come in and say, hey, I just had to check it out, you know, yep. which is really awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, we love this building, but it's too big for us. That's yeah. one of the main issues that we had. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's kind of a long story, but in our, our last place, place, which, you know, you know, we it's know that you know. It's insane the difference from that place to this place. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what happened was, uh, it's worth telling the story, I think, just so, you mm -hmm. know, people know. So we operated in that small place for about five years, is yeah. that right? And it was a house, yeah. let's like, right? It was a house that was converted to like business? That's or? right. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, in a very old building. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I loved it. It had charm, but it was definitely like, well, it Ramsh had issues, too. It was DIY ramshackle. <laughs> there was no climate control at all. <laughs> uh, you couldn't run the, the tea kettle and the sense at the same time. I mean, it's, you know, it's got problems. Yeah. Um, yeah, yes. but we, we started our business there, and we operated there successfully for five years. And then our, our landlord, um, with almost no notice, required that we leave. So that set in motion a search to find our next building. I remember that. You guys were scrambling and looking all over the place. and I mean, we yeah. basically had yes. 30 days to find a new building. Yeah. Um, because our old building, the plan was to tear it down, you know, for a redevelopment. Uh-huh. So we're really under the gun. Um, that was super stressful. And this building that we found actually just exceeded our budget. Uh -huh. You know, we had set a range of what we, you know, projected we could afford, and this place was, I think it was just over that. Yeah, 
it was really close to the upper limit. Um, so already, you know, we were kind of taking a big risk. Uh-huh. And we looked at all kinds of other places, and there was nothing yeah. at the time. Yeah, we did look at a lot of other places. I remember you having a yeah. few that you even were interested in, but, like, they were just gone. Like, you, <sighs> could, you couldn't get them or something like I mean, I may be misremembering as far ago, but... There was a lot of just weird commercial spaces that wouldn't work. Yeah. This one was perfect mm-hmm. yeah. because it had a warehouse. It was already a showroom. Like, we didn't have to do any build-out to this showroom, really. We didn't mm-hmm. paint it. Um... So it really fit the bill, and it was available. We actually got a really good deal per square foot on this building, mm-hmm. given the neighborhood where it is. Yeah. So um, also the challenge of moving the business between Eastlake, our prior location, and this one was huge. Mm-hmm. And we did it all from the day we were notified we needed to leave Eastlake to opening the doors here in eight weeks. That's crazy. And we were only yeah. closed, I think, Two days? Two days. We wow. closed for the move for two days. And we were painting in here just a few hours before we opened the doors to the public on the first day. So, <laughs> so it was a bad dash. And our staff yeah. was awesome. I mean, everybody was painting, vacuuming. Um, it was a real team effort. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we got into this building and... and you know, in, in 2021, the business was still going gangbusters, you know? I was going to say, it was a different time, okay. and we, did, yeah, we, like... It was a different time. Um, you know, a lot of people were still either not working or they're working from home. You know, there's a lot more just home activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so people were investing in, oh, I need to get some new speakers, or I've always wanted an OP1. I'm going to use yeah. this time to buy one, learn it, and make an album, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot of that business was still um, high for us, you know, a lot of demand during that first year, 2021, because mm-hmm. we moved in here um, July 2021. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, and because of all the conditions of, of COVID, so there's like, you know, the people being shut in, there was um, the extra un- unemployment, yeah. so if you happen to get laid off, the government was giving you like a stipend on top of unemployment Mm -hmm. and then there was government stimulus that went for everyone too so those are great things they kept the economy rolling Mm -hmm. um, during an unprecedented pandemic you know in modern times so we always knew that that would end Mm -hmm. right and the business would contract some amount Mm -hmm. Um, so we did consider that I but think it, it contracted way more than anybody was expecting, though. Yeah, like it's from like a, all, yeah, the, all the manufacturers sure. that I've talked to over, yeah. you know, throughout the whole thing. Yeah, like, you know. And that's still happening. For sure. It's not yeah. over yet. Yeah. So. No, it's not over yet. And, you know, we expected to see consolidation in the marketplace. Some manufacturers have, have already started that. You know, in the retail landscape, you know, like, you know, we're, Patchworks is, you know, part of that right now mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we dig ourselves out and we have a good plan for that but yeah you know the building is it's just too big for us uh, even as great as it is and we're you know Cindy's run our numbers and um, you know at least last time if we were to be able to right size our business to that um, 
you know, smaller, maybe a little bit bigger than the synth shack, but not as giant as this. Yeah, yeah. It would work again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I have no doubt about that. And so here is where I pitched you guys Tacoma. Because mm -hmm. Tacoma, I would, that was that was half a joke, but of course I would love it. But I mean, you that would be so far for you. It would be um, a tough drive for me because I'm already commuting. You're so far from here. So. Well, time-wise anyways. Yeah. Like, um, but I love Tacoma. Tacoma's rad. And I it's a great community. You, I would have cried if you would have told me three years that I, three years ago that I was moving to Tacoma, but now I prefer it, I think. Yeah. Tacoma's nice. And, I mean, it's still yeah. affordable, and a lot of artists have moved down there. And I just, I don't think that's going to be the case for that much longer, so, okay. yeah. It's still affordable, do you think? Compared to here, yeah, yeah, yeah but I don't, I'm change. not sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just we're literally running out of space here. You know, like I yeah. for like living in Tacoma, decent-sized city. Wherever I go, I can find parking. Saturday night, prime time, wherever it is. Like maybe I'll walk a block, but I'm driving up here and it's like <laughs> Sunday, and I'm oh, I'll get parking. I'll just go into Fremont and mess around a little bit before, and mm -hmm. it took me like 15 minutes, and I was like, oh yeah, fuck. Anyways, mm -hmm. that was supposed to be mostly a joke because I want to get you guys, I want to try to just bring everybody down to me because I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to preach and spread the gospel of Tacoma. But um, Yeah, well, we're looking at spaces um, all over the place and, you know, we'd rather survive than be like sticklers on neighborhood. So, yeah. you know, yep. all, the, all the options are on the table for yeah. us right now. Yeah, well, and the other, the, I mean, this is a prime location. This is like a major thoroughfare in a really, like, you know, popular, nice part of Seattle. Like, the last shop was was a bit of a, a weird, like, it was such <laughs> right a... Right under the freeway. And it was, like, to get to it is, like, you can't just pop pop over. Like, it was a whole, yeah. like, you, you know, it's just, like, I've, I've mentioned it a lot on the show, but, like, the physical geography of Seattle is so weird because of our, you know, different bodies of water and yeah. hills and everything. And it's like all these neighborhoods are just kind of their own kind of cloistered little things. And which it was kind of cool, like to go over. Like, I, I don't even think I'd ever been to that part of Seattle before. I was like, what the fuck is this like weird, like under the bridge thing? But yeah. Yeah, yeah we had such good times there. I oh, know, you yeah. know, we're wistful for that place. and. Um, I mean, it had its flaws, but it was really special. Uh -huh. And yeah, I mean, we can get back to something like that. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I was going through. Maybe so. with some heat and air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. And reliable electricity would be great. <laughs> too. You might need that for the for the gears here. Um, well, also, just really quick, I know you've told the story, uh, you know, on this show and uh, and and other places throughout. But uh, for anybody who who is uh, you know, maybe new. You guys, you guys were friends. Yes. For a long time, but then hadn't. Well, I'll let you tell the story. I just love like the idea of how you guys decided <laughs> you want the to origin start story? this. The yeah. origin story. Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to you want to sure. tell it this time? Um, yeah. So we first met. Both of us moved to Seattle around the same time in the mid '90s, and became friends through synthesizers and music mm -hmm. and. You know, uh, we're friends all these years, and then uh, independently, we both decided to attend NAM in 2015, and ran into each other on the floor at NAM, and was, you know, one of those, "Hey, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. Hey, <laughs> what are you doing here?" And we realized that both of us were 
on s the same secret mission to explore the idea that had been in both of our minds of starting some kind of synthesizer shop in mm -hmm. Seattle because we didn't have one here and it was something that we both independently really, you know, thought was a good idea and we're at a point in our lives where that we wanted to really start to uh, spend our days doing work that we believed in, you know, we've both been working in biotech in my case and tech in Tom's case for many years and decided it's time to make a change. So anyway, out of that chance meeting, Patrick's as a, an entity really came out of that and we started doing meetups in 2016, I think, in the fall. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe it was I think it was early. end of 15 yeah, we did our first 15, one. Yeah. Okay. And then the actual uh, shop opened up in around in November of 2016. So, yeah. And, you know, we had done these meetups. We knew that there was a good interest uh, and a good community kind of really wanting to coalesce and form mm -hmm. around a central place. But at the time, you know, other than there's the club scene and the, the you know, techno community uh but what if you're just someone who doesn't really go to bars or clubs? And yeah. There were all these synthesizer enthusiasts, all different ages, you know, and everybody would come to the meetups and get together. And we just had so many, there was so much gratitude and people were so thankful to have a meeting place and, mm -hmm. and you know, to not have to go to a, a club or a bar and, and necessarily restrict it to that, you know, because electronic music, is a pretty big umbrella. It covers so many different subcultures and scenes and totally. styles yes. of music. And and we were just opening up our community to everybody, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's amazing the, you know, the sort of synergies that have come out of that idea over the years. And so watching that community build, we started doing more events at our shop. Uh, we had a very small event space, as you recall, <laughs> with a kitchen and kind of along one side of it. And it was also our shipping and receiving area, and we made it work. <laughs> uh, moving here, we now have like a proper event yeah. space that has just been wonderful. I'm currently teaching almost every Saturday, teaching classes in that space. And we've had our showroom sessions going monthly in that space and a number of other workshops and events. And it is really nice to have that, you know, aspect of things. Uh, it really helps keep that community going. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, we're still doing synth meetups. We do, you know, two or three of those a year, probably start doing more of those uh, in the future. So yeah, that's, it's, it's really been great to watch, not just the, the retail side of the business grow, but also the, the the event side and you know doing yeah. things like velocity was really a, a logical next step mm -hmm. for us at that time and and yeah so that's really the how we got to be where we're at yeah. at this point so that's such a good point too going back to you bringing up like the you know electronic at least the technology you know electronic music technology it's used by such a swath of different you know types of artists and you know, that's, I think, maybe another reason why you don't get as much of, like, this, like, rock star ego kind of stuff that I've experienced in every other music scene I've ever been in in my life. Um, 
And yeah, and it's just like it's it allows you to like meet. Like I've met people that I wouldn't have other otherwise met, and then you know became buds with be, mm -hmm. because of this space. You know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Me too. I mean, one of the things I was gonna say, and kind of in response to the kind of club world things, a lot of those scenes, um, you know, don't intermix with other kinds of people. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah, some totally do, right, yeah. but some are like well, and it's even fine. within electronic music, it's like yeah, exactly. No, and yeah, yeah. So you know, we we like being a place where where that does happen. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, say we do a workshop on a a Kai MPC. You know, well, Seattle's got a pretty rich local hip hop scene and yeah. lo-fi, you mm -hmm. know, music. So we'll get people like that coming in. We'll get people coming in who want to you know, create the American songbook, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. and do it on an MPC. We'll get, you know, a lot of uh, techno producers, house producers, mm -hmm. just all over the place. Um, and not only that, it's it's young people, it's people my age, it's people older than me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's male, female, trans, it's, mm -hmm. you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we're the most proud of. Mm -hmm. for Patchworks to be a place like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I got a little starstruck the other, well, it was a couple months ago I was here and I didn't have the nerve to go say something, but like I was leaving and as I'm leaving, uh, David Bazan from Pedro the Lion walked in here and I was <laughs> like, what? I'm, I was really, like I love Pedro the Lion and I really like his solo stuff too. And I was, I just wanted to come in just like, what are you getting here? Cause like, it could be studio monitors, but I was like, are you getting, a, like, are you getting in a, like, is there going to be a Zon <laughs> like electronic project or something? You know, like, um, so it's, it's, I don't know why I brought that no, up. No, I'm just redoing just, my you, cables. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, David, if you're listening, we'd love to chat with you. Um, yeah, that's been cool too. I mean, we maintain the privacy of our, right, of our clientele, of but, um, you know, for some of our, I'll speak, I know you too, Cindy, actually. So some, for some of our heroes to, like, be purchasing things from Patchworks. That's pretty cool. You know, when we see the, on our digital order system, we see the name of, you know, XYZ person mm -hmm. whose music I grew up listening to every day. I just think, wow, that's amazing. That's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've had Oscar winners in here. We've had, you know, famous musicians in here. Um so that's great too, you know, they, they see the value in it too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, we, you know, we'll kind of look at those names and think, is that right, you know? Yeah, right, oh, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, well, and like, I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but it's another, like, kind of just to reinforce this, the importance, like, I think, you know, there's definitely, there was definitely like a, like, there's been a number of surges with, you know, Eurorack and Modular becoming popular, and that's, you know, around when you guys were starting up, and I was starting the podcast, that was kind of like one of the more recent surges, and, you know, like, Portland, you think of Portland, LA, and like, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe New York as like the places that I would have, in Austin, you know, those were like the only, like, but because of you guys, you know, like, like I feel like that you were the magnet and you were the, the gravitational pull to pull in the floating by Podular Modcast, Waveform Magazine, uh, you know, Modular Seattle, mm -hmm. uh, Modular on the Spot Seattle. And, and there was, you know, COVID definitely like 
kind of put a put a like a grind ground us to a halt, but like it was like a palpable like I've always wanted to be part of a scene. And you know, by the time this is all happening, I'm already in my mid thirties thinking I missed that opportunity. But no, it's just I'm now I'm like in it, you know, and um and I think, you know, future historians writing about, you know, electronic music and the history of it, like I think Patchworks will be a part of that story to say this is kind of the ground ground zero for like Seattle becoming like one of the places that I think people around the world would think of uh, when they were thinking about like where can I go if I want to meet cool modular people mm -hmm. and like find a scene you know mm -hmm. like maybe that's just because I was you know in the the hullabaloo of it all but like I I don't think it was just that like I think that I mean velocity that's pretty pretty yeah. awesome velocity events was awesome. with some pretty amazing yeah. like big you know big name performers coming through even and like it was a legit like one day music festival kind of, you know like so I guess that is that's kind of what has been needling me as far as like the importance of like you this staying a thing like, mm -hmm. like you know and I'm, I know I'm not the only person who feels that you know um, well thanks Tim I mean that makes means quite a lot uh, especially coming from you, wow. so we'd, we'd love to see, we've, we'd love to see your journey too, throughout these what is it, six years for six you? Six years, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and but we've all been propping each other up and help, you yeah. know, like, and it's been yeah. So thank you guys, you know, like, yeah. And for you to say it means a lot coming from me, that wouldn't be a, a I don't think that would be a phrase that you'd say, you know, like I. Whatever this weight, whatever it is, like that I that I have because I've been basically just not shutting up for you know for <laughs> six years every week. But um, well, I don't yeah, think I you don't should. Know. I don't think you should diminish your role as a leader in the community because you know you are on the mics every week and you do bring in um, you know a lot of people who are part of you know the local community that we have, but you also bring in you know. Um, high-level people, op, uh, like high-level modular musician people from around the world. Oh, really? Right? So, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... Maybe maybe off mic we can share those. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm just... No, I, I, I just, I just, that. I just, you know, don't diminish your role because you, you, do, you do play a, rom a prominent role here. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and we've, you know... Um, all of what you just said... At least, you know, that was part of our thinking on, you know, should we ask our community for help or not, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, it was a really difficult decision, but we decided to go for it. And, you know, wow, I mean, over 400 people have helped us out already. That's so cool. Which yeah. is incredible. Um, Make it 401. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's chipped in a little bit some people have chipped in a, a lot and it's really so generous and awesome we have so much gratitude for all of you so uh, that's much appreciated and uh, with your help we can keep this thing going it's gonna be a little smaller you know <laughs> we yeah. won't have the, the big the big building for a while but that's fine you know it's not it's it was never about the building right right it I mean it's never been about having a flashy showroom mm -hmm. it's been about people it's been about access 
mm-hmm. you know, getting people access to the instruments. It's been about connecting people with joy. I say that all the time, mm-hmm. but that's, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. And now here's where the Nobula chord pilot and uh, poly cinematic come into play. This thing is amazing. So right here, I think this is the first time it shows up. Let me see. Yeah, just a little, just kind of a little teaser here. So I'll play the whole thing. Let me start a little further back. Let me solo those. Here I used it in a really weird way. It kind of gives it a, a like an uneasy, unsettling feeling because I think it actually is technically like not in the same key as everything else. I don't know. So let's hear that on its own. And then now we have this set of uh, polycinematic stuff from Nobula. So the, these are actually, I'm just holding on a, a MIDI keyboard, just holding down um, the chords that I want and it's uh, the chord pilot is, is doing arpeggios. And then I use the, uh, the Expert Sleepers ES9, not only to track all of this stuff, but also to send some CV from Bitwig out to the gate and trigger ins for the, um, the two Nobula modules. So obviously it would be in time, so. <laughs> I just think this sounds so cool. And then here's some more Nobula stuff. Almost like a percussive kind of thing because the Polycinematic has a really awesome uh, filter and envelope system on it so you can get really cool percussive stuff like this. My favorite thing that I did with the Polycinematic is uh, right here, so let's lead up to this. And then some more percussive stuff. Now here is where the wave transformer from uh, Earthquaker gets in. Um, I like I said I haven't really messed with it too much, so I just basically tuned it to um, to be in key with what is happening, and then used the ES9 again to send um, some voltages out, uh, so I could control the uh, Aikido. So this is um, let's see, we got a, a couple different outputs from the the wave transformer. Um, going into the Aikido here. So let's listen to that. It's really thick, nice, 
nice sounding oscillator. I think those could maybe be up a little bit. More of that percussion coming back. And then at the end, I like to end songs in a very weird way. So uh, these are just some arpeggios that I had done with the uh, the poly cinematic that I couldn't really fit into the rest of the song, but I liked them too much to not use them at all. So I do this kind of like fake out ending. <laughs> And then also right here, these are all polysomatic. So yeah, I'm not going to go through every single piece of this, but I just wanted to show you how I was using all of these really, really cool modules. And I want to say anybody out there who, um, you know, wants to do multi-tracking with Eurorack, but, you know, is intimidated by it or thinks it's like there's too much uh, involved in making it happen, so you're, you're just doing stereo stuff. The ES9 is absolutely amazing. Um, and what's really cool is it just kind of like once you, it's a plug and play thing. Once your DAW uh, recognizes it as an interface, you can just send and receive to your heart's content uh, within your DAW. So it's really, really, um, it's been just an absolutely amazing addition to my kit. And um, yeah, it just makes things a lot, like a hell of a lot easier. So uh, yeah, thank you to Nobula, Earthquaker, Expert Sleepers, For a Mess, um, Bastel. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to play uh, the track with a little video kind of showing the different modules and how they're reacting to the guitar. And I even got the, the data from Mordak's uh, setup so you can see what the shaped dual envelope um, is doing as well as the, um, the, the percussion interface and expander from 4MS. Just absolutely amazing uh, modulation sources. So, uh, yeah, that's enough of that. I don't do drugs anymore. Don't do them any less either. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> That's what it is. The, do the doctor said I had a little bit of blood in my drug, uh, drug and alcohol system. Sorry, these are <laughs> things that you learn when you grow up in Roslyn, Washington. That's awesome. A little blood in my <laughs> drug and alcohol system. So let's talk about um, like let's let's get into the nitty gritty of the GoFundMe. Like mm. what's I mean to whatever you're comfortable sharing. Um, sure. Like what's the goal? How long does it run? Like what are, what like what's give me the whole rundown of the whole thing. Sure. Where should we start? How about the goal? Sure. First. So we did. Uh, it started for us plotting out what do we need to be profitable, mm -hmm. and that's a huge set of assumptions, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And hopes and hopes and assumptions, <laughs> but we want to be. You want to be, like, you don't want to put too much aspirational hope into a business projection. Yeah. You know. So we try to estimate figures like. Um, you know, how much do we think we can sell if we had the right products in the warehouse mm -hmm. per month? So that was one calculation we did. Um, we're behind on paying, you know, several of our suppliers. So another component to being healthy and profitable is to have 
current accounts with our with our suppliers as right. well. So um, you know, we looked at what we owed, and that was another component. And then, you know, Cindy had done a lot of work on figuring out just based on fixed costs. So in other words, how long, you know, how much does it cost to be in this building? You know, how to, um, what is the internet cost and what is the electricity cost, all that. And the end result of that was approximately $250,000 where, and this, de this detail is in our GoFundMe campaign mm -hmm. if the listeners would like to, to read that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's, um, now I'm going to forget the exact numbers, but you know, a significant portion is paying those debts and making them current. That's both suppliers, and we're behind on a little bit to some of our consigners as well. Uh -huh. uh, we want to make them whole as soon as possible. And then the other part is uh, restocking the shelves with not just what we had in the past, but what we believe the right products are for Patchworks to carry and to sell uh -huh. into the future. So some of the problems that arose during the pandemic and the aftermath with, say, supply chain, are things like shipping costs. You know, when, when dealer or when uh, suppliers have, you know, certain shipping rules in their programs and shipping goes up so much, I mean, shipping went through the roof in the mm -hmm. past couple of years, it modifies whether those products can be viable for us or not to sell. Right, yeah. You know, sometimes they might not be, right? Even if they're products that we've had success with in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, just as an example, it costs a lot more to import goods from, say, Europe or, or China now, yeah. just because of the transport costs. So, yeah, what we did was we came up with this number, which we thought was the right number to operate here. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so GoFundMe ha puts a, a um, you know, they, they get their fees as well, right, right for like credit card processing. Mm -hmm. So. So then we added what the fees would cost us because we did the analysis and came up with 250k. Uh -huh. You know, GoFundMe is going to take theirs, and then so we just added those fees back on. Um, so that's where that number comes from. Um, at the same time, we have also talked about what happens if the campaign's not successful. What happens if we don't reach that goal? Uh -huh. um, you know, then we we have a set of choices. It kind of just depends on how successful it is and you know what position we're in by then right yeah so yeah so that's a good place to start happy to you know talk about any more detail if you'd like yeah and i i mean i i know it's it society is weird with our rules and i know it can be gauche to talk about money but i wanted to talk about that just so mm -hmm. if somebody's listening and then they go to the gofundme you know if they i could see a knee-jerk response being like what the heck like well you know how that much but it's like just the rent on this building is, a, I mean, I, I'm not going to ask what that is, but, you know, it's, there's, like you said, there's so many different costs and then, you know, keeping stuff on the shelf. Like, there's so many factors that once you kind of wrap your head around what it would take for you guys to, like, keep on keeping on, that's not much, you know, in the grand scheme. I, yeah. You know, like, it's like... I mean, it's. I mean, it's not 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 much, but it's not a. It, it doesn't seem like a. It's not an unreasonable ask. I feel like. Yeah, and we have actually been in the process of scaling back costs for over a year uh -huh. now. So we started 
uh, about a year ago, we reduced the size of our staff, which was a really difficult, yeah. difficult thing for us. It was heartbreaking, honestly. Yeah, because uh, you guys, this is like a, a family. Like, you come yeah. in here and like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was, we could see, like, so you, you, you kind of see where, you know, we, we do a lot of data driven decision making mm -hmm. here, right? Because that's really the best objective way. You're not just making decisions, you know, based on a gut feeling. So, you know, looking at the numbers and looking at not just our sales, but the way the market was going, we could see that things were contracting pretty significantly mm -hmm. starting in the fall of 2022. So, you know, we started scaling down our expenses about a year ago, and that's progressed through 2023. We had several waves of, of cuts mm -hmm. uh, to get us to where we are now. So right now we're actually operating with a pretty lean staff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that this is the model for us going forward is, yeah. is to maintain where we're at now. Um, staffing wise for the time being and just concentrate so what happens is when you when you do execute a plan to scale back sometimes there's a lag where you you know you've got some large accounts that you're you know shrinking down the size your average order size to a supplier is going to be cut in half or you know maybe even less and so those accounts do take a while to get paid paid back mm -hmm under your newer, smaller, leaner model. Right. So, you know, I think that's that's really part of what got us to where we are is, you know, the scaling back was in response to what was happening in both the local and the national economy. There's a bunch of other factors that have affected, you know, our sales and our ability to do business here in Seattle. Uh, but yeah, it just takes time to get, so there's a little hump we have to get over. Yeah. And yeah, once we get over that effect. hump. You can't make these decisions you know. and then they automatically make it better. Yeah, know? it just yeah. takes a little bit of uh, capital and a little bit of time mm -hmm. to to move from being a larger operation to being one that's a little bit smaller and leaner. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of where we're at right now is we're, We've set everything up internally to be able to continue operating. We would still like to move to a smaller building, so that's one piece that we're mm -hmm. still working on executing right now. But otherwise, the actual operation that we have in this space is is in a place where we can, if we can maintain that, uh, you know, we could at least be breaking even, be profitable again. You that's uh, I'm so. I'm I'm very happy to hear that because I, I hadn't even thought it like obviously you guys have thought about this from all the angles and stuff and you just you don't it doesn't occur to you but um, like if you're not on the inside of it but that's that's pretty relieving for me just personally being like okay they just gotta make it through this and even if they can't find a new place like because I think also just operating on like how like basically how many how, how many people are spending their money still on stuff like this within our you know Amer american economy yeah well the interesting thing is a lot of the consumer sentiment hasn't eroded that much when you look at the macro numbers mm -hmm. and you know that's surprising to us you know just based on what we see mm -hmm. uh, with our business but 
you know, certainly comparing notes with many of our suppliers, you know, other people in the industry, um, it may not be, be, you know, visible to the, you know, average modular synth consumer, but there's a lot of pain going around, you know, and it's not just patchworks. We happen to be the most visible right now based on our situation. Um, but yeah, I also wanted to, to share that, um, you know, we've made mistakes over the past few years. And part of the situation we're in now is, is, is you know, working through those mistakes, learning from them and mm -hmm. correcting them. And I'll just share a couple of examples so that everyone knows. Um, so for example, um, when we expanded into this, this room, uh, the showroom, you know, this is probably literally 10 times as much space as we had <laughs> in the showroom, uh, maybe even more. Uh, yeah, I think more. <laughs> you know, so we wanted to expand the, the range of products that we, that we carry, mm -hmm. you know, so we brought on several new brands and we started to bring on different categories of products that we hadn't carried before. Mm -hmm. So good examples of that are like the high-end workstation keyboards, like your Yamaha Montage, yeah. Roland Phantom. Um, you know, we carried keyboard amplifiers for a short minute. Um, you know, we tried the Roland Keytar. So, you know, these were products that were not in our wheelhouse, right? They're products that um, very few staff members owned and were interested in, mm -hmm. we couldn't really represent the products well, even though those products sell really well mm -hmm. for those manufacturers. Some of those products are their most lucrative products right. in the product line, but they didn't work for Patchworks, you know? And, and so what that meant was, um, you know, we had to sell them at pretty steep discounts that in most, many cases, probably not most, but many cases we sold at a loss, mm -hmm. right? So that's never good for your business. No. But we just had to learn the lesson and say, you know what, this isn't right for us anymore. Um, so, and then, so that's one example of kind of mistakes like, that we've made. That's like a pretty forgivable mistake because it, it, like, that's like a very intuitive like decision. We have more space. Let's branch out to just modular and like let's get less niche with this. So, like, mm -hmm. that sucks that 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 kind of thinking is now labeled as a mistake because. It was just how it happened to turn out, but it was sounds like it was like a well thought out. Well, movie. you know, in hindsight, we would have done something different. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, modular's always been our bread and butter, modular and boutique sense. So we could yeah. have spent mm -hmm. that money bringing in just more modules, right? Yeah. So that's one example. Um, another one has to do with our finances. So, um, you know, we were gearing up for Christmas. I think it was 2021, if I remember yeah. correctly. And we were limited by the capital we had, so um, we had the opportunity to take a uh, loan from one of our providers, and you know we took way too much. Uh -huh. The interest rate was way too high. Um, it was really risky for us. We didn't realize it at the time how risky it would be, uh -huh. because we had more confidence that some of those product categories, like the workstations, would sell pretty well for us mm -hmm. when they just didn't. Yeah. You know. So instead of, um, you know, maybe breaking even on those products, well, actually, we used the capital that has interest on top of it to go buy those products. So, um, you know, we weren't retail gurus before we started Patchworks. Yeah. You know, I'd worked at a pizza store before, but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah. So we, we have learned from those issues, mistakes, and but, you know, we're still digging out from that. We did manage to pay off that big loan. Oh, Thank good. God. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're well poised uh, 
if we can, you know, make it through this this difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just wanted everybody out there to know that we don't think that we did everything correctly, and like, you know, it's just happenstance that we happen to be here. It, you know, was the result of decisions that we made in addition to, you know, the kind of economic conditions of our country. So much stuff thrown into the blender, and I like. I think also just speaking to the time that I was talking about of this like surge and like this this community forming here, like that's a pretty exciting. That puts you in an excited mindset. Like, I think everybody was feeling this in their own way you know with ellison like he's still putting out a print magazine yeah you know like yeah, that's awesome. pretty crazy awesome. um but i can you know i can say from my experience that you know going through covid and with that extra money and the extra time and and everything it was it was like the best time for me financially as far as doing this and everything like mm-hmm. right and i was like oh i think i'm gonna be able to do this and then real real like i wouldn't say a hairpin turn but like that just started and then you know i got to the end of you know just this last year and still i'm kind of in this like still figuring it out but like i might have to you know go back into like the 40 hour a week work and and i know i started this show while i was working like that I've tasted it though. I've tasted the, <laughs> the freedom, and I I just don't. I could not. This show wouldn't be what the like. I, I don't. I couldn't do it weekly with video and all of this, and uh, and I don't know if I want to do it if I have to step back and like downsize it, you know. So, yeah. I I feel like I guess I'm just trying to like be empathetic. Like sure, yeah, everybody makes mistakes and everything, but there was definitely like this. Hey. That something's happening. Like this, like it was like a like we were gaining momentum, all of us mm-hmm. and everything. So I think like if you put it into that context too, you be a little easier on yourself on it. Like, oh, well, thanks. You know, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't think we beat each other. We don't beat each other up, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't beat ourselves up either over it. Well, that came out wrong. But um, yeah, no, I know. But I, I guess I, I wasn't getting that from you. But I just wanted to say that because I know that throughout this whole thing I'm sure you've had those you can get into those mindsets sometime and and you can start being like what the fuck did I do like you know and like kind of like be a little meaner to yourself than you would to your friend who who if made the same decision you wouldn't be that mean to or whatever yeah I mean I feel like (laughs) I feel like that's where you know, I really like to rely on the numbers and I'm like a very data oriented mm-hmm. person in my decision making. And so I can go back and look and see exactly how these, you know, how did we make these decisions? There's spreadsheets behind every decision that we've made. And, and uh, you know, there were just some factors we couldn't have predicted. Like yeah. we never could have predicted that, you know, a few months after moving in here, somebody would back a car through our doors and right. run mm-hmm. off with a bunch of, you know, workstations or whatever, you know? I mean, there there are things that's like... I didn't yeah. realize that. I knew somebody had broke in. I didn't realize they backed a car in here. Yeah, they backed yeah. a car in, broke uh, the, the aluminum and glass doors enough for them to have enough clearance to open a hatchback and just, you know, mad mad spree to like get whatever you can put it in the car and take off and it happened all in one minute really yes wow before the alarm even went off did they catch him 
No. They knew who they are. Yeah. The police knows who they are, but they are not catching them for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, property crime is just rampant in probably every American city. This is not a problem about that unique to over Seattle. Over the last few weeks, you know. Have you guys? Right? Oh yeah. You yes, had a we car saw, into your house. Saw, oh, that's so horrible. It's been an eventful month Sorry, for Ted. you. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. Yes. That happened to me once, actually. A dump truck uh, crashed into my apartment. And it happened to be the place where I would sit and watch TV. And, you know, I had, like, my bicycle there and my sofa and, you know, all the TV stuff. Thank God I wasn't there at the time. Uh -huh. But, it, yeah, crashed directly. And, like, the wall had a big hole in it. Oh <laughs> right? And I got this call from my landlord. He said, Tom, uh, I think you need to come home. <laughs> oh my so, God. Well, was come something. to what was your home. Uh. Yeah, no, no one was hurt. Well, yeah, it, wow. no one was hurt in the accident, but the bicycle was. Yeah, same with mine. Uh, no one was hurt. Yeah, so that's, that's good. But, yeah. Well, that's good. I do, I, uh, I found that I was cleaning up after the car had gotten taken away and everything. I was just demolished a bunch of our plants and yeah. cleaning up, and then I pulled out a full headlight. So the headlight oh. is now on display in our house. And then the other day I was out and uh, I found like a Volvo. Um, I don't, it's just a small, small hubcap. So it's like the part that just goes over the lug nuts. So I zip tied that to my uh, my drum set with my octopus nice. on it. So cool. it's a Volvo brand electronic drum set. Years from now, <laughs> you're great. still going to be mm -hmm. digging up random I know. parts. I found for another your piece the other day on the road. It's just yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Sorry, I totally pretty derailed. Pretty crazy. Your, uh, so yeah, the state of the state of things mm -hmm. was, I believe, you know, where we were headed with that. That there are challenges that are. Spreadsheets could not have ever predicted. Right. <laughs> in fact, just before Christmas, we had another incident where someone tried to break in our front doors, cored out the cylinder of our deadbolt lock, and smashed our glass doors. So, you know, it, it, uh, it takes a toll, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a financial toll. It's a morale toll. It is, you know, it's hard on the staff. It's hard on us. It's hard on the customers to come and see... You know, we did the best we could. We gift wrapped the broken glass door with a big bow. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was cute. Um, <laughs> that was well done. <laughs> you do you do what needs to be done in order to carry on, uh, you know, with the day and and make the best of it, right? Mm -hmm. And and try to not let incidents like that bring you down. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we're we're lucky to have such a wonderful staff, and everybody was just just r jumped into action and. In, in any time we've had an incident like that mm -hmm. happen, everybody has just, you know, jumped right in to help and, and tried to make the best of it, and we've supported each other. But, you know, it, it's definitely something you don't plan for, you can't plan for. Yeah. Uh, there were, it, it, yeah, so there are a lot of challenges like that, that that make having a retail business in any big city right now very challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, and actually now I'm thinking like my whole Tacoma suggestion. Yeah, probably not going to be much. You know, probably a little more dangerous than than Wallingford, but. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this neighborhood used to be really safe, You'd and be surprised. now, yeah. like, I don't think there is such a thing as a safe neighborhood anymore. Yeah. In fact, even uh, Duval, where I live, um, 
there, there's been a huge increase in bank robberies, crime, really? cars being stolen. Wow. Um, well, that also shows you, you know? the state of our economy. When stuff like that goes up, it's not yeah. because everybody's out there like, hey, you know what, I feel like I want to be a bad person now. You know, like, and I, I just hate the way that our media machine kind of like, like not to say that the people that are stealing stuff are like, you know, innocent, and they, but it's, it's a, it's a symptom of a different problem, right? You could say, oh, it's the moral moral fiber of our society. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. it's such a such a long subject, but yeah, I mean, you know, I know that Seattle is a uh, uh, one of the top cities with a fentanyl uh, problem. You know, like there's a lot of people hurting out there, and um, you know, I, I we just really feel for them. Um, yeah. It'd be great if they didn't steal from Password. <laughs> right, yeah. You know. <laughs> you know, I haven't shared this story publicly, but you just brought it up, and I just want to tell you guys this story. It's pretty fucking crazy. But um, I was going for a walk in my neighborhood. I bring my camera, and I like to just practice. So I pretty much shoot the same areas all the time. And one of the areas I like to film is um, this. there's this park by my house that has, like, this dog. There's a dog park, and then... It goes into this wooded area with like a creek, and then the main park's up on the hill. And so I always like to walk through that area and film the, the creek and stuff. And uh, I was walking up, and there's this big boulder by the creek, and there was a person laying there in a way that didn't look like somebody would be laying there. But yeah. I was like, that person's dead, I think. And I walked up, he kept my distance, and was like, hey, you okay? And, and nothing, and I was like, all right, well, I, I like, coughed and I like threw a rock over into the creek just to like you know arouse the waking up thing right. and then I was like I'll walk up here and then I'll come back and I came back hadn't moved and then I'm now I'm yelling so yeah I called I called the the police and the fire department came and yeah oh, no. and the, when the fire when the fire uh fireman um when he confirmed he was dead it was like yeah he 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 has fentanyl in his hand. Oh, like no. Yeah, and it was just like so as a couple days, you know, a week, a week before Christmas or something. And oh, I'm sorry you saw, you saw that. I didn't see his face, so yeah. I think that kept me a little safer as far as, you know, messing with me. But it messed with me in like more of like a, and still is in a kind of a, more of a, front brain sort of way, not as much yeah. a, like emotionally, like there's a little bit of that, but more just like, it just sucks that what's happening in, in our world or whatever, like lead, like that. And I, I just, I, I have a real problem with, with people, you know, people I know, my family, friends, you know, who have zero empathy for people who are experiencing like this, this drug addiction and like, houselessness, homelessness, whatever you want to call it, like. Yeah, I used to so I used to volunteer down at the Compass Center here in Seattle, and they had a program called um, Operation Sack Lunch, uh -huh. where you know at the center we would you know cook up whatever dishes that from you know food that they had in the pantry, and yeah, we'd go down under the I five overpass in downtown. Uh, those of you not in Seattle, it's in Seattle we have this. Um, I-5 freeway that's elevated, but under the freeway, it's dark and kind of, you know, stuff goes down there, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, we would um, hand out these lunches, and 
um, everybody was just like really gracious about it and that was really the first time I myself um, did something mm -hmm. to help with that problem and yeah I, I mean I don't know what the answer is there are a lot of smart people smarter than me thinking about it um, but I think what I'd like to say is that yeah we need to have empathy and you know I don't think this will solve the homeless problem but if you know when we start to feel like the world is a difficult place what's better than music yeah. what's better than music what's better and than community like yeah community. than community yeah. so what's better than like either getting together with some friends and plugging in some synthesizers mm. or going to a show listening to records um, you know music has always been a social thing that, that humans do mm -hmm. um, you know I know it's possible obviously now we can all do it alone in our bedrooms it's if we want the same. Um, but no it's not the same so yeah I mean music is a great way to connect when things are bad I totally agree. I think that was, yeah, I've, I've, I, felt, I felt myself like, this is not what we need to be talking about on Podular Podcast, but I, good save. Thank you. <laughs> well, th these issues do affect all yeah. of us, though, in our day-to-day -day lives, and I think, yeah, it, it, it has affected us uh, here in a way that I hadn't expected, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, so listen, make the world a better place and help keep patchworks. <laughs> um, sorry, I never do them in person like like this, and the few times I have, I like I just can't help but like I really want to do like <laughs> little the like well. yeah look yeah look through the. Um, all right, well we're 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 closing in on an hour and it's Sunday night and we, I know you gotta drive home still to Duval, so I don't want to keep you too long. No problem. But I want to mention to the listener that these these two fine people that I'm sitting with are not only amazing uh, creators of this hub of our community, but also amazing musicians. Have you guys been playing music lately? Have you been making music lately? Or uh, I did a bunch of shows in the summer and the fall. So I did play at KnobCon this oh, year, which yeah. was so nice. much fun. Um, so yeah, I did an ambient set at KnobCon Ooh, for the first I don't know time. if I've ever heard you do ambient before. Um, I mean, yeah, kind of I do kind of both. I like sometimes do ambient, yeah. sometimes do more techno okay. type stuff. So, um, yeah, and I, I'm starting a new project with an old friend of ours, Mike Perkowitz, who I've played music with for nice. many, many, many years. That sounds familiar to me. <clears throat> so we are kind of getting that kick-started uh, right now, just and initially... Uh, yeah, getting some ideas together. Um, so yeah, I hope to do some shows this year. Nice. Yeah, there's there's a few things in the works. So hell yeah, I'm yeah. excited about that. Are you yeah. still doing Orchid at all, or was that like a one-off kind of like art project, or? No, I'm still doing it. Um, not as much lately, mm -hmm. but um, I do have an Orchid EP that's ready for release. It's called Secret Lover. Okay. And it's a little bit of vocals. It's a little more in the synth pop world okay. than my last one okay. so there's still some you know weird electronic sounds on there but I don't have a release date on it yet but I'm tired of sitting on it so it's, it's it needs to get out there yeah. this year um, so that'll come out sometime this year and I'm ready I'm ready for a new project myself I actually need to do some studio debugging because there's this 
weird hum, hum noise that I, oh. it kind of cropped up that I need to get rid of, but I'm excited to get back in there and start playing. Lately, I've just, you know, just been like playing piano, you know, okay. just kind of keeping my, my chops. And yeah. It's just fun to go down and to my basement studio and just play. you got an awesome play. studio. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, I like your studio a lot. Yeah, it's a nice, nice little room. It looks like a little showroom, kind of, because you got like the, all the stuff, like, like you have a really cool, <laughs> cool setup, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, cool. Well, any th uh, uh, anything you want to shout from the modular mountaintops before we sign off? Um, I just want to thank everybody for all of your support. And, you know, it isn't just about the GoFundMe. There are other ways that people can help Patchwork. So uh, one way would be, you know, we're, we've moved our events program to largely volunteer run at this point because we have this beautiful space and, you know, we want to be able to continue to use it. So uh, I'm organizing all the events uh, for the shop at currently, and I'm looking, if anyone's interested in doing a workshop here, uh, we are booking, you know, workshops for all the way through the spring and into the summer at this point. Every Saturday, we're hoping to have some type of live performance workshop or a class cool. going on in the event space. Our showroom is currently open Saturdays, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Okay. Uh, otherwise, you know, by appointment. But Saturdays are just big party day here at the shop. So we decided to just take Saturdays and have that be the day. You know, if you've got consignment gear you want to bring in or you want to just come down and hang out with people, that's the day. And okay. so that's going to be our, our big focus day. So, yeah, anyone who wants to help out with events, uh, just get in touch with me. Uh, via email or social media. You can also just email events at patchworks.com. That'll get to me. Otherwise, yeah, I, you know, everyone's been just incredibly supportive. And I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me at events recently and just been filled with gratitude for everything we've done. And it, it works both ways. We're, you know, very, very thankful to everyone in the community for all of the help that we've received in terms of people's volunteer time, their support, bringing in gear to consign or buying gear, donating to the GoFundMe. I mean, there are lots of different ways people can help. So, uh, you know, we're really hoping that we can, you know, just get over this hump and then get back into a steady state and just keep on rolling. So yeah. that's the plan. Perfect. Yeah, I'll just uh, <clears throat> also echo Cindy's words of, of thanks and, and gratitude. Um, we can't, this, this place would not exist without, you know, our, our customers, our, our staff, people like you, Tim. So thank you. Thank you to everyone who's been a customer, like a volunteer, played music here. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome. And yeah, uh, I don't have any other big words. <laughs> I could try to come up with a big one. But yeah, no, just again, thank you to everyone who's... Ambidextrous. It's been ambidextrous. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really appreciate ev everyone. So thank you so much for supporting Patchworks. Well, thank you guys for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. All right, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to Tom and Cindy for coming on the show. Uh, if you can, please go visit the GoFundMe for Patchworks and help out. Um, it's, as you heard over the last hour or so, and it's a very important place for many people. I also want to say thank you to 
all the sponsors this week. Experts Sleepers, Nobula, Signal Sounds, Afterlater Audio, Fora MS, and of course Patrick. And also thank you to Bastel for sending me out that new uh, Neo Trinity. I can't wait to figure that thing out. And to Earthquaker Devices for sending me out the Wave Transformer. I barely even scratched the surface with that thing. But uh, why don't I show you what I have done with it and what I've done with all of the modules that I was talking about in the intro. And yeah, that's how we'll end the episode this week. So I hope you enjoyed this really rough demo of this song that I'm working on. This week's secret word is linoleum. Until next week.